Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Drop on your seatbelts, lady. I'm ready. I am so ready. This moment could not come fast enough. I couldn't even, like, sleep last night. I'm so excited. You know what? I don't want to step on this phone, so can I just set it back? Okay, so um, just so you know, you are not here by accident. I used to think that I took... um, you know, like speaking gigs, I hope that doesn't offend you by saying that, but, or, or speaking events. And then there was a few years where I just understood I took divine appointments. And it shifted my mentality because I am here because God has me here. And you are seated there because God has you here. And I believe it in my bones, like I know that I know. So tonight I'm going to talk about divine divine appointments and holy moments. So this is a holy night. And I I just love to share stories and scripture and song. And those of you who um, have heard me speak before, raise your hand. Okay. Well, thank you all my friends. Thank you for coming. I I just love you so. And I do. I just love this church. I love this place. I just want to honor Kim and I want to honor Nancy. Thank you for inviting me. I'm just so grateful to be here. And those of you who are here as part of my prayer team, you pray for me often and I'm just really, really grateful. So many of you have showed up to just support me and I love that. I really do. But I just believe that you are here because God wants to talk to us about um, divine appointments holy moments, special moments. You know, a lot of times I believe that we look back with um, regret and we look forward with fear. And I see women do that all the time. And I believe we're to look back with gratitude and forward with faith. And so it, it shifts things when we do that. But I am wanting you to know that sometimes, how many of you have not heard me speak before? Okay, yay. Okay, here's the deal. I will not speak any slower, so just listen faster. <laughs> Okay, I just need you to know. So I'm so ready to go. So I brought some slides with me because I just want you to know that pick a vowel, Vanna. My name is Rachel Inouye. All the vowels are represented in my name. And so all things related to me are on that site. And I just want you to know if you want to uh, order a book or if you want to read a blog or if you want to listen to the podcast, that is the spot. And so I used to kind of be like, oh, don't have a business card. That would be kind of like not humble. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I want to get stuff out. I want to encourage people. The more, the merrier. And years ago, God told me, Rachel, you are using a fishing pole. I told you to be fishers of men. You're using a pole. And I'm like, God, I don't get it. I don't even fish. He goes, you need a net. It was the inner net. And (laughs) it really was. And so I don't shy away from it anymore. I am on this planet to encourage people. I feel the most alive when I'm doing what I'm doing right now or leading worship or encouraging people one-to-one. And I am old enough to have narrowed my lane. I don't, I don't bake people I don't. I'm not good at it. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, let somebody else do that. They're so good at it. And I celebrate them doing it. But that is my name. And I want you to know that I wrote three books. And you know what's so fun about that? Is I couldn't spell or read as a kid. Like, you think, oh, no, she's saying that. Like, the kids know whether they're in the high group or the low group. Do you know what I'm saying? Kids know this. So I was never in the eagles. I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was a sparrow. You know what I mean? Like, the... I just know this, and so I want to put those books up there because I just want you to know, I don't want Michael to have to tell you about these books, so are they on the screens or am I? Okay, so on the left, I'm sorry, far right is Lilypad Stories of God on Display. Do you know that God is on display all the time? He's always on display. Tonight on our way here, ooh, there was a sunset that was incredible. It was like I thought, Lord, I don't want anybody to miss this. If they look up at the sky, I want them to see. And I believe that sky was brought to you by Almighty God and Richard Hagen, my dad. I just, I just feel like it was, you know? And so God is always on display. And this is a book where you don't have to read chapter one, then chapter two. You can just bounce all over it because there's nothing about me that is in streamline. You know what I mean? There's nothing about this brain like that. Somebody said, oh, Rachel, you wrote a bathroom book. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. You know, you, you pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Anyway, so that's the story. And then he speaks, I am here to tell you that God will speak to you in his word, never forget it, and live in his word. But he always speaks to people also, and it doesn't have to be Luke chapter one, verse two. 
It doesn't have to be from the Bible. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And it started to make me mad when people would tell me I couldn't hear from God because I thought like, what am I gonna do with these thoughts that God is talking to me? And so I just needed to tell you that through journaling, I would ask God a question or I would just sit with him and I'd write it down. Now, it's not more spiritual if you don't write in your journal. I just did and that was one of the ways I got to know God in an intimate way. So I wanted to let anybody know, he speaks. If we're listening, that's the book I wrote. So you are wired to hear from God. And I want you to know, I declare and decree in Jesus' name, every one of you are going to hear from him tonight. Every one of you. You may not know that the seed went down. You may not feel different when you walk out the door. You may feel completely different. But every one of you will hear his voice tonight. It's because it's been prayed over. And when his word is um, spoken or read, it, it goes into a spot in our heart and it will germinate. And I believe that. So the other book is the, the new one. This book is only three months old or four months old. I don't know. It's not teething yet. I know that much. <laughs> And, and that is a beloved arise shine. And ladies, it is the passion of my heart for people to know who they are and whose they are. And once you know who you are and whose you are, it is a game changer. And so you have been printed with God's thumbprint of who you are and you are wired for certain things. And most of all, you are just, you just get to be loved. If you don't hear anything else tonight, just know that you are the object of God's love. He loves you, and you get to just be loved. And so I put the arise shine from Isaiah in there, but it's not just standing up. It's actually awakening to your true identity in Christ. And so those books, I don't need to, I mean, I could give a whole sermon right now on the identity part, but let's go to the next slide. These are my parents, Richard and Lorraine Hagen. My dad wore that cap every day of his life. Unless it was summer, he wore a baseball cap with lots of pins of places he'd been before. But that cap he wore, and my favorite thing about this is it was there on their 65th anniversary, my daughter was taking the picture, and I'm sure she said something like, Dad, hold, Dad, Grandpa, hold Grandma's hand or something. But I just love it because he looks like he's arresting her. <laughs> Come with me, lady. I, I just think it's so funny. He didn't really take her hand. But anyway, this was on their 65th anniversary, and that sweet woman in the scarf is now 91, so it's an older picture, but she is praying for you tonight. I'm 100% certain my mom is in her little recliner in her assisted living place and she is praying and she is praying in the spirit and she is praying in her rocker and she's praying for those listening to my voice. And I know it because it's been in my entire life that she's prayed for me. But I want you to know that my dad was the real deal. His name was Richard Dean. He died two years ago, December 3rd. So two years and five days now. But my dad was the real deal. And he would tell us, he was an artist, he said, wood should be wooden. Leather shouldn't be pleather, like should be leather, Rachel. And, and you know, he'd be like, knock on a table and feel the wood and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, there, I feel the grain. He wanted whatever it was to be the authentic material. Does this make sense to you? And so he would always tell us, just be the RD, be the real deal. And it really affected me. So the next slide shows a podcast that I started, started in honor of my dad called The Real Deal. And I am so proud of this podcast that I get to sit across from people that God made. And God made them so much different than me. And God gave them a story. And so it's Rachel Linaway celebrating people's significance and the genius of God in them. That's the tagline. But I can't even tell you. I sit down and I think, oh, maybe I'll ask them this. And at the end, I am like, I call it my cludio, my closet studio. Like we're in there with all my clothes and folded sweaters. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're doing this. I, it's the, I think I want to bow at the end. Because I know I've sat across from somebody that was made in the image and the likeness of God. And their story is stamped with who they are, the difficult things they've gone through, the things that they're facing right then. God is in our moments. We have divine appointments. We have holy moments. But ladies, we don't understand. We often live in the past or we get too far ahead in the future. Has anybody thought about Christmas Day yet? I have, <laughs> right? But what about right now? This is called the present, right? 
This is the present. Right now is a gift. It's a holy moment. So I'm really proud of the real deal. Okay, the next slide is just really quickly, um, my family, Michael, my husband, I just honor him. You guys, everything you see me do, everything you see me put out, it's got him in it. I, I, Michael, are you in it? Michael, right there. Uh, everybody, whether you buy, he's the real deal. He's... <laughs> Michael is the most decent man on the planet. God gave me him. He is my forerunner. Everything I do, he loves the background. I'm like, are you kidding me? The background's horrible. I like the foreground, and it works great together. We work really great together. Michael is on the right, so Michael and Michael, and I am um, I'm a really blessed woman to have these Michaels in my life. They're pillars of strength. They're really amazing men. And I love that firstborn of mine. He is a sweetheart, and he is strong, and I love him for it. Andrew's in um, orange there. He lives in L.A. He lives far away. He's our sensitive one. He calls me when he's in traffic, and in L.A., that's all the time. <laughs> so I'm really thankful that my Andrew's there. And then Grace is in the middle, and that's me um, next to Grace. And my hair is always a different color, so just deal with it. That is me. Um, <laughs> And, and Grace, that was taken in 2012 when she came back from um, college for a break, and that was a sweet picture. I want to go to the next ones for a second real quick. Okay, so Andrew is engaged to Crescent, like the moon, or the dinner roll, however, however you want to say it. Um, and she is, uh, she's just a beautiful girl, and she's... Um, just a sweetheart. We love her. And then Amy and Michael in the middle there. And Amy is a woman of excellence. She's a woman of character. She's a deep feeler and she's loyal. And I love that she's my, my son's wife because she's such a good wife. And she also is a mama. And so she gave us a little Luke. And that's Luke Alexander on the right. So ladies, I have finally joined your club, some of you who are grandma. <laughs> I am so excited. So there's Luke. So the next one is a picture of um, a situation that I want to explain. So don't show it yet. So after, oh, okay. <laughs> So uh, that picture I showed you of everybody together, our family wasn't just like Christmas card happy. We really did have a cohesive bond and it was really sweet. And then after that picture, my daughter went away and some things happened in our life that I wouldn't wish upon anybody, but we had no contact, and I mean zero contact with her for years. And at the end of the seventh year, I just kept saying to people, I believe seven is the number of completion and I believe in my heart that my spirit is telling me that Grace will come home and we will hear from her. I don't know, but I just began to speak out because our words create worlds, and I believe I was co-creating with God, but I was also, he was understanding the desire of my heart, and he's a good father, so I was always sharing with him, and she called six days before the last of the year, so like, you can't get any more of the seventh year <laughs> than that. I was like, God, you're killing me here, but um, we saw her uh, in the eighth year, and we met in Chicago, and then I, I had a FaceTime call with her before that, and so I just want to show you the slide that was, says the FaceTime call, and I am laying on the floor because my phone needed to be charged. We had talked so long that I had to lay down on the floor and I went to Bible study with Shanthony and a bunch of people and I said, you guys, my ribs hurt because I was laying on the floor like this talking to her. That's the first time I had seen her face in over eight years. And it was delightful. And so if you have situation right now, I don't want to like belabor this, but if you are estranged from anybody, somebody in your family won't talk to you or you're not speaking to somebody in your family, ladies, it's a heartache and I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you briefly. If that's in your situation, I'm sorry, but I would like for you to stand. God sees you. This may be your divine appointment. And it's hard, but it's very pervasive. So don't be shy. If it's you, stand. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the courage of these women, but I thank you that you're a reconciler, you're a redeemer, you're a restorer, and you, God, want unity. So as far as it depends on us, God, I pray that you would give each of these women knowledge of what they should do, what they shouldn't do, what they should say, and when they should just pray. And I ask that you would move mountains. So we say to the mountain of estrangement, be moved in Jesus' mighty name. You may sit down. The next one is a picture of my family. It's my sisters. I am the fourth girl. Yes, you're right. I'm the baby, and I know it. So Barb, Sharon, Joyce, Rachel, I took this picture in Des Moines, Iowa, and I just want you to know that 
I'm showing it because my sister Barb, I tell so many Barb stories. And I love Barb. We are taking a trip to Israel, and I'm so excited because Barb is going to be with me on the trip. So those of you who have heard Barb stories, you know that my sister Barb, she just talks a little more deliberately than the most of us. And I asked her once, Barb, we're all from the same town. We all grew up in Ames, Iowa. Why do you speak so slowly and talk like this? She said, Rach, it's because I had kids. <laughs> and I was like, I've got three of them, and I don't talk like this. <laughs> and she said, well, you have to repeat yourself when you have kids. Don't forget to take your lunch. Don't forget to take your lunch. Don't, don't forget to take your lunch. And I'm like, okay, but Barb does talk like this, and I want you to see this picture, and then you can be done with the slides. But Barb is my oldest sister. Sharon was widowed at 52 years old, and she is a strong woman, and God has held her hands in ways that Sharon didn't even know she was being held, and now she's becoming more aware of, and I praise God for that. My sister Joyce in the fur there, she is just a hoot. She's the principal of a Christian school in Ankeny, Iowa, and that woman could cut a radish rose and put a little piece of parsley and serve it and... And, you know, make this, like this little beautiful thing with the ribbon of the carrot, you know what I mean? And she serves it to you, and you're like, is this really a thing? I mean, and then she'll bag up your things, and she'll send you away, and everybody gets a little carry out with it when they're leaving, you know? She is amazing. She is just amazing. And I absolutely love my sisters, and I honor all of them, but I am going to make fun of one of them, okay? <laughs> Okay, so you can be done. So I'm just going to tell you, you guys, my time is really brief, but I need you to know, I'm going to tell you a few Barb stories. I'm going to read a scripture that has to do with Mary and what, she, um, was, what was announced to her, and then I'm going to tell a few holy moments, because I believe we're going to sing at the end, Oh, Holy Night. And there's a line in there when I thought, what, what is the culminating song going to be? And it's, His power and glory evermore proclaim. And so the stories are funny, the scripture is scripture, and then I want to talk about the power of God, and I'm going to do it as fast as I can. But one of the stories I want to share with you is Barb. Um, she's just really funny, and we have Sisters Weekend. So at this particular Sisters Weekend, we went to Des Moines, Iowa, rented the room, the hotel room, then go out to dinner, have, you know, shopping, whatever. My sister Barb brought some magazines. Do you remember before Pinterest, they were actually magazines? Yeah. <laughs> Well, my sister Barb brought one of these home magazines. I don't think it was Better Homes and Gardens. It was something about the outdoors or homes and decorating your houses and whatnot. And she's sitting on the bed, and she's looking through the magazines. My sister Sharon is in the bathroom getting her mascara on. We're getting ready to go. And Barb starts, <laughs> she starts hitting the magazine like she's being brutal. She's like, I don't get it. And she doesn't say, I don't get it. She doesn't, she says, all, it all elides together. I don't get it. Like it's one word. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And I'm like, what is she? She's raving at this point. And I, and I go over and I said, Barb, what is it? And she said, I don't get it. And I looked at the picture and there was a doorway. And beside the doorway were the two lights that are, you know, sometimes flanking the door. And there was a little runner that said, welcome, you know, just like the beginning of a porch in a doorway. And then, you know how we see those signs now where people take the pallets and they make them up and down and it'll be like W-E-L-C-O-M-E, welcome, you know what I mean? Or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, there was this pallet sitting there and it was D-I-N-G-M-A-N. And she was looking through it and she kept slapping. She goes, I don't get it. Is this like by the doorbell? And so I look at it, and it's kind of by the doorbell. And she goes, like, I, I don't get it. Is it like, ding, man, ding, man, ding, man? <laughs> and so, so I look at it again, and I go, Barb, I think that's just the surname of the homeowner. <laughs> I said... If it, if it were my name, it'd be I-N-O-U-Y-E in a way. If it's your name, it'd be Alcott. If it was Smith, it would be S-M-I-T-H. You know, it's just the sermon. She goes, oh, I thought it was like, ding, man, ding, man, ding, man. And I said, I think it's the home of the Dingmans. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I was on my, I was on my walk. And one day I was walking up this hill and I get this 
call from Barb. I'll never forget it. Because we have moments, right? There are moments. And I remember the moment she called me. She goes, Rach, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? Now, Barb was a teacher in the school system before she retired, and she, she taught special ed, and she had these little honey bunnies. She just loved all of them, you know? She goes, right, you're not going to believe it. I said, what? She goes, I looked at my class roster this year. I have a little girl named Dingman. When Barb says, I don't get it, I need you to know upon further reflection, I looked, I saw the context, I saw the doorway, I saw the, you know, the welcome mat, I figured it out. And I need you ladies to know, there are some things where we will easily say, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I need you to know upon further reflection, there are some things in this word that you got to get the context, you got to get the situation, you might have got to get the background, you might need some good teaching. But we don't get to say, I don't get it. We get to say, Holy Spirit, would you give me the spirit of revelation and reveal truth to me? Right? So that first story, I don't get it. Say it one, two, three. I don't get it. We need to get it. We need to be loved. We need to rise and shine. We need to know who we are. We need to understand what's been won for us because there's some things that we just got to get. And one of them is that we've been moved. If we know Jesus Christ, we've been moved from a dominion of darkness into a kingdom of light. And we get to just arise and shine because the dark world is waiting for us to get it. They're waiting for us to get it. Another story that I'd like to share with you about my sister Barb is, uh, it's just, it's a story I could take like 30 minutes, but I'm not going to. It's just funny. So I went to a wedding once and I decided, I didn't have money for a new dress. I didn't have time to go buy any jewelry. I just went to the Mac counter and got some eyelashes. Now, have you guys seen that this craze of eyelashes now? It was way before that. Okay, it was, it was way before that. It was long ago, and I just sat there, and they put these little eyelashes on, and they were so pretty, and I went to this wedding, but I felt a little odd because I'm the real deal. I feel like you just should just do what you do and be who you are. I mean, I kind of felt it funny. I, I pressed my nails on right before we came, guys, you know, the little ones that stick. You know what I mean? So I had these eyelashes, and I was like, okay, these are called false eyelashes for a reason. These are not my eyelashes. And I went to a wedding... And there was actually a pastor from, from this um, church who moved away, and I was talking to him because he was at this wedding. And the whole, the whole time I felt like I couldn't concentrate. I like to give people eye contact, but I couldn't concentrate because I kept thinking, I'm pretty sure Craig knows that these are fake. <laughs> I was trying to say, how's Camille? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to talk to you, but I feel like my eyelashes are so heavy. <laughs> so I told my sister Barb, Barb, you might not want to get like those full, like big caterpillar ones. Just maybe get the little one. So she did. And she said, Rach, I just want you to know something. We had a wedding in Arizona at Glenn and Betty's. You know our friend Glenn and Betty. Well, we were there and Sharon said, Barb, we're Iowans. Our legs are so white. We need to bring some tanning cream. <laughs> she said, so Sharon said, we also should apply body butter first. Ladies, I didn't even know what body butter was. It's like lotion, okay? So she said, we're supposed to apply the body butter, then the tanning cream, because otherwise you end up looking orange like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> she said, so we put the body butter on. She said, Rach, I was in the bathroom at Glenn and Betty's, and so I was just standing there, and I put the body butter on the top of the toilet, Rachel, just that top of that porcelain toilet you know I'm talking about? And I said, yeah. And she said, it was just a little rounded. Now, my sister Barb doesn't use the T's in words either. She doesn't say, like, it's a little rounded or a little rounded. She just goes, it's a little rounded. And so she said, I set that up there. Did I mention it was a little rounded, Rachel? I said, yes. Did I also mention the body butter was in a glass jar? I said, no, Barb, you didn't tell me that. Well, it was. It was in a glass jar. And she said, Rachel, you told me to just do some um, eyelashes, so I bought just the little ones just the little ones on the side. She said, so I put the eyelashes on in the mirror. I got those little ones because, Rach, I'm 10 years older. I feel compelled to tell you. And she always says that. I feel, she doesn't say feel compelled. I feel compelled to tell you, you will lose those outside eyelashes first as you're older. 
okay, Barb. She said, so I just put those on, and then I set the body butter out on the toilet, and then I was going to get that on when you're kind of a little more moist. That'll work. Went in to take a shower. And I'm thinking, wrong order, right? You've just put adhesive on your eyes, and you're going to go take a warm, steaming, hot shower. On the count of three, say wrong order. One, two, three, wrong order. So Barb says she comes out. She said, and when I got out, the body butter, when I stepped out, fell onto the floor, Rach, and it crashed. Did I mention it was in a glass jar, Rach? I said, yes, Barb. She said, so there was body butter on the wall. There was body butter on the cabinet. There was body butter on the toilet. And I stepped out, not trying to hit the glass shards. And I looked in the mirror. I took the little towel and cleaned off the steamy mirror. And those eyelashes were on my chin, Rach. Which if she waited 10 years later, that just would have been true. <laughs> I have made a pact with some of my girlfriends. If these get really long and you don't tell me and I sit down at coffee and you notice one, like seriously. Anyway, anyway, so she says, she said they were whiskers, Rach. And it was like they were all over. I looked like the um, Miss Nelson is missing Viola Swamp character. <laughs> anyway, the reason I would tell you this is, number one, I think it's a funny story, but number two, on the count of three, say wrong order. One, two, three. I believe that women who have been in church and they love Jesus, that's a good thing. But what I also believe is I meet with women, see women who get it in the wrong order. They are striving and achieving and trying to get love from a God who already loves them. It's the wrong order. And ladies, I'm just going to be honest. I think that this Christian life thing is the most amazing journey ever. But it can be one where we strive and we work and we think we got to achieve instead of you just get to rest and receive. I'm going to raise my hand. Is there anybody who's ever had that happen in their Christian life? You just felt like you were stuck in some sort of achieving or am I seriously the only one? Okay, okay, yeah, you need to understand, it is not strive and achieve, it's rest, believe, and receive. The order is that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. The order is that everything that we need for life and godliness has been given to us. The order is that Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's not I got to get this outside thing to be done in me. And it is freedom when you figure out to get it in the right order. Because when you receive the love of God, then you want to serve him. You want to talk about him. You want to worship him. You don't worship about him or serve him or talk about him so that he'll love you. Do you understand? It's really important to do the right thing first and get it in the right order. I was talking to my daughter, Grace, about this, and she said, you know, Mom, talk about the wrong order. Don't put skinny jeans on and then try to put your knee highs on. I said, yeah, that is the wrong order. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to get them up so you can get your, no, you put the socks on and then you put the pants on, right? There is just, it's important. Now, ladies, that may seem really simple, but I know that in some of you, your life is gonna change because you're gonna pay attention to the order of things when it comes to faith. You're gonna say, God, I just receive from you and let everything I do for you be a, an outflowing of that truth. You get to just be Loved, ladies. You get to just be loved. And so I just need to um, give this last little um, thing. And it's, you know what? I'm, I just don't want us to get stuck. So I'm not going to give that story. But it's, I just don't want us to get stuck. I don't want us to get stuck in hopelessness. I don't want us to get stuck in comparison. I don't want us to get stuck in religion. I want us to be freed to be loved by God and have an allegiance to him because of that love that he gives us. We love because he first loved us. Right? And so sometimes we're trying to do something and we're trying to run after it. I want to turn a corner for a second and just tell you there is a scripture here that has to do with Christmas. And we sang Mary Did You Know and, and heard that song. And I just think that Mary kind of had a situation where she was kind of like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. 
you know, but she didn't say, I won't go for it. She just said, I don't get it, right? And let me read this to you because it's a holy moment. I'm reading from Luke chapter 1, verse six, uh, 26, in the sixth month. Now listen, Mary is a woman. She is a woman. She's favored by God, but so are you. God says that he surrounds you with favor like a shield. It's important for you to know you are highly favored by God. And he loves you so much you're the object of his love. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to marry a man named Joseph. Now Joseph was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting it might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. I don't get it. <laughs> How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered. This is a divine appointment, ladies. This is a holy moment. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. We know that Mary hurried to town and went to see her cousin Elizabeth. And it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then we know that Mary went to sing that, that Magnificat, my soul honors and glorifies the Lord. And she goes to tell the fact that God is a God who redeems and, and God is a mighty one who saves. But I want you to know that this passage told us that she was favored and that God was with her. And Christmas happens so that God will know, let you know that God is with you too. I always say to people, one of my favorite Graham Cook quotes, I love this man named Graham Cook, C-O-O-K-E, an Englishman. He says, how do you get away from the one you contain? The Spirit of God is in us. The believer, the Holy Spirit takes up residence. We are the tabernacle of God. How do you get away from the one you contain? I believe it has come time for us to understand we need to be done with the separation mindset. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not angels or demons, not height nor depth, not the present nor the future. And then Paul goes, and in case there's a woman out there who's gonna go, but what about? I'll say, and anything else in all creation can separate you from the love of God. So that means not even you. You might be the anything else in all creation. Maybe you have thought, I'm disqualified. Maybe you have thought, he can't love me. Maybe you've thought, not me, I'm not highly favored. Not me, I have to do something first, right, to earn his love. No, God says that his love is unending, his love is eternal, and his love has a target. His goodness and his mercy will chase you down all the days of your life. He's that good, and he loves you so much. Okay, I'm gonna end with a few quick little stories that have to do with um, holy moments. And ladies, I want you to know these may stretch you a bit, but I just want you to know I'm only here to tell you true stories. Ding man, I don't get it. Wrong order, those are true stories. Mary being visited by the angel, that's a true story. And these things that I'm gonna tell you 
our true stories, and I'm gonna do one thing first. I would like us to do something we don't often do in church, but we should do, and ladies, because I saw you do the 12 days of Christmas, I know you can do this, okay? I, I believe 100% you're gonna be, we can't do that in church, yes we can. What we're gonna do is clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph, and I tell you what it does, it makes the enemy run. And so I'm about to tell you some holy things, and I don't want the enemy to have any interference in this room, and so I just feel like we're supposed to do this. Now those of you who come to shout, if you don't know like what to shout, I'm gonna give you a few options. You could shout hallelujah, you could shout praise the Lord, you could shout glory to God, you could shout God is good, you could shout Jesus Christ. You could shout anything. Do I have to give you something? I think you've got it in your spirit. So what I'd like us to do, you can turn my mic down in just one second because I'm going to shout. I want us to clap our hands. Let's clap at least 10 really good ones. And then I want you to shout like there is such a thing as a holy roar and it is in some of you and it's never been unleashed. But maybe Rachel is here to let you find your roar. So why don't you stand for one second and we're going to sit down in a minute. I want you to clap and I want you to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, okay? So one, two, three, clap. Shout, God, you're good, God, you're good. Holy Lord, God, you're good, you holy. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Anybody else got holy bumps? I literally have Holy Spirit bumps, like my, like my hair is razored back here. It's funny. Praise God. Praise God. That... Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. That put walls down in Jericho, a shout. And we don't do it often enough. We shout for the Packers. We shout, there's a sale at Kohl's. <laughs> we shout, wow, I lost two pounds. We shout. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. His power and his glory I will evermore proclaim. If I am not still proclaiming God's glory, I don't want to be around. Honestly, I want I feel the most alive when I get to talk about God's glory and be a contagion for it. You know, we were so aware of the contagion of COVID. I just want to be a glory contagion. <laughs> if you're going to come around me, you're going to get infected. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's not because of who I am. It's because of who I contain and you contain it too. So I had a holy moment. I'll never forget it. Divine appointments and holy moments and powerful things is what I came to tell you about. And I pray that you would know that you are loved. And I'm gonna be brief with these last ones, but there was a time where I was, um, I was asked to speak at a thing that was down in Lake Geneva, I believe, and I met with the worship leader and we just walked around the room and we just prayed what was gonna happen. It was the final session. And I'll never forget it because I was uh, thinking, okay, God, you know, what do I need to bring and what do you want me to say? And Holy Spirit, give me words. And we started singing. And it was in one of those, you know, big ballrooms at a hotel and, you know, the white tablecloths and the water goblets and the whole deal. And it was the song, Oceans. And it was by Hillsong, and it was on the screen. And I thought, oh, after this, then they say, like, everybody, welcome, Rachel, for the final session. You know, that kind of thing. And I was just thinking about it. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And ladies, it was during the time where my daughter was gone, maybe three years at that point. And I felt like I was there. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And so I was just worshiping. And I will call upon your name. And I was just in my moment, you know, I was just worshiping. And then I got to hear. <laughs> and I was like, and keep my eyes above the waves. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, God. 
What do I do? The noise was behind me. I was looking at the screen. A few minutes more, they're going to call me up. And I just hear this woman weeping. And we kept singing. And then she was so touched by the words that she began to be louder. And it was noticeable. Like people started looking around, right? And you guys, I, I, I'm just going to be honest that I just, I feel, feel like God speaks. He speaks. You're wired to hear him. And God said, go over there. So I went right behind my spot, and I went over to this woman who's crying, and he says, pray for her. I say, okay. He says, touch her. I say, okay. And I, I, this may stretch you, but I just need you to know that I want to stretch out my hand to touch this woman with comfort or whatever it would be that God wanted. And instead of touching her, I began to blow on her. Get it, God. I, I don't get it. Why am I blowing on this woman? And so I go to reach out, and this is a moment. Our lives are made of moments, ladies, and we need to start capturing them and understanding God is in every moment. And I go, and I'm like, I didn't like blow in her ear like sweet nothings, but I began to blow on her and got ready to pray for her. His power and glory evermore proclaim. I'm getting ready to tell you a power story. And as I do this, boom, she hits the floor. And I know that's not something we always talk about in this church, I get it. But I just need you to know that we are not to have a gospel without power. Don't preach the good news if you're not gonna talk about the power of God. And I started to think about praying for her, boom, she's down. And all of a sudden, I mean, I made the church ladies really nervous. <laughs> and the leaders came over, and, and she was on the ground, and they were like, should we call the ambulance? I mean, they were just being good leaders. I'm not saying anything bad about that. Should we call the ambulance? Is she okay? What happened? And I said, look at her diaphragm. And she's laying there, and she's up and down, up and down, up and down. I said, she's good. I said, God says that I will lay my people down and they will receive rest. I said, God's just given her a nap. <laughs> and ladies, I'm looking at her like, I don't get it. Like, are you going to get up or are they going to call my name or what's going to happen, right? And this is the, this is the holy moment part that has marked me. She opened her eyes. And in the back, they had like a little sofa and like a little table where people could be in that room, you know, in that hotel room and like lounge or whatever. And so we were going to get her back there to rest. And she looked up. But ladies, as I was looking down at her, she looked past my gaze. Do you know what I mean? She didn't, she didn't look at me. She looked straight up to the ceiling. And she mouthed. God had so ministered to her in power. And she looked up, thank you. And I was speaking in the dining area over here like three months later at Inspire. And this woman came up and said, Rachel, you were at our retreat and I was there and this friend of mine. And she told, I'm like, yeah, how's all that going? Is she okay? And she's like, I don't know if you ever knew the story. There were people that ministered to her and then she was gone. So I didn't get the background story. This little honey bunny. Her husband committed suicide, and she was a mama of three kids. I think it was two or three. I think it was three kids. And it was like a week before she was at that retreat. And God just wanted to give her a recliner and lay her down and minister to her. And I did not want to stop it, right? So I, I just needed to be obedient. And I know that may freak some of you out. I, I don't really care, to be honest. I, I don't. Because his power and his glory is a real thing. And I'm going to tell you the glory story, and then we're going to sing. And when I get to the glory story, and we're done with that worship team, you can come up here. We're all going to sing, and I'll give some um, things, instructions about your little glow sticks and all that stuff. Because we're the ones that are to glow in the dark, right? 
We get to arise and shine. Scripture says darkness, thick darkness has covered the people, but we get to arise and shine. Your light has, not will come, but has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's why I wore white. (laughs) And doesn't it look great with the graphic? (laughs) Right? We're to be people of light because the light is in us. God said, I am the light of the world. He turned to his disciples and said, you're the light of the world. And sometimes people go, oh, no, I'm not much light. I'm like, are you kidding me? This little light of mine. No, we've got the God inside of us, the light of the world. It's a big deal. So I'm going to tell you the story that happened a few years ago because his power I just told you about and his glory I will forever proclaim. I went to an event, it was at a big church, and I was the speaker. It was a few years ago. Shantani was with me, she came to support me, pray for me, help with the table, all that sort of thing. And it was at the very end, and they said, we're gonna have people at the different aisles if people want prayer. So I took my little place afterwards and I was just standing. Now you need to know there was a worship song called Come to Me by Jen Johnson from Bethel Church and it led me through months and years with my daughter Grace's situation and the time where I wasn't speaking to her. And I'm just standing there and I'm thinking, oh, nobody's coming to get prayer and I'll just stand there. And oh yeah, now they've got music piped through the sanctuary. Oh, this is nice as the ladies are exiting. I can hear it. And I'm standing there and I'm just aware, God, what do you want? What do you want, God? Bring anybody that you want, God. I'm just standing there and all of a sudden I hear this song that has led me through a very hard time. I am the Lord your God. I go before you now. I am with you more than you know. And I'm like, oh, Oh, that's my song. Like I was just like, direct line to God. Like, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm getting ready to minister if there's anybody to minister, but you're ministering to me, God. Come to me, I'm all you need. Oh, God, you are, you're all I need. Come to me, I'm everything. So I'm just worshiping. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for this song. If there's anybody that just needs to come to you right now, God, I pray they would know they're welcome. And here comes this lady down the middle aisle. And I'll never forget it. She didn't look like a church lady. And I I, I mean that kind of good and bad. (laughs) She looked like the world had beat her up and then spit her out. She was very pretty but very hardened. Do, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? And, and she didn't smell like a church lady. And my heart was just magnetized to her. Like, come to me, I'm all you need. I was like, oh Lord, you love this lady so much. And she came forward for prayer. And she said, I know I need Jesus, but I'm afraid. And I said, you don't have to be afraid. Come to me, I'm everything. I was like, oh Lord, this is like a a moment. And she says, I don't think he'll accept me. You don't know what has been done to me and the things that I've done. And I said, I know he will accept you. She said, I'm afraid of men. They've never been good to me. And I said, Jesus is one who is a gentleman. And the Holy Spirit is a comforter. And I said, you don't ever need to be afraid of Jesus. May I pray for you? And ladies, I walked from my spot to kind of the middle of that church's sanctuary. And I will never forget it. After I prayed for her and after we chatted for a little bit, I'm just here to tell you true stories. She had a full-on vision and could see Jesus. I couldn't see him. But as I observed it, I felt like I was watching something very intimate. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, uh-oh, but ooh-ooh, and oh, yay, and you, you, know, you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden, she said, he's coming toward me. He's coming toward me. And I'm afraid as you don't have to be afraid. And then she said, I'm here to talk about his power and glory, okay? I'm here to talk about his power and glory. She said this, he's so bright. And then I will never forget it. She fell to her knees in worship. And I was changed. I was changed to just observe it. And I told my family about it. 
and I haven't told a lot of people in church about it because I think it makes people a little freaked out. But I need you to know God is so real and he encounters people and he loves people and he'll do anything he needs to reach people. And we cannot shut him out of however he wants to manifest. We just cannot. We cannot thwart God's plans and his power and his glory I'll evermore proclaim. Ladies, I just hope that you know that you are here not by accident, by a divine appointment. God loves you with an everlasting love, and you get to just be loved. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what trials you have right now. He just wants you to arise and shine in your way, in your lane. I'm doing my thing. You do your thing. It doesn't have to look like this to be honoring God in your life. You do your thing, and that's a way of arising and shining. So I want to pray, and then in a minute we're going to get our glow sticks. But what I would like for you to do as I pray, just a gesture, kind of a prophetic act. If you want to put your hands out, if you don't feel comfortable with that, that's fine. But just put your hands out. And I'd like you to picture anything that's been hard in your life, anything that you're kind of getting too far ahead or you're looking to the future, you just picture that in your hands. And then as I pray, you could maybe lift them up if you want. I want you to give it to God. And then I want you just to wait and let him put something in. I don't think he's gonna leave one woman out. You're gonna receive something from him. Some of you, it's a, a view of the future that he's with you, and that you don't have to be afraid or dread, but let's just pray. Father, thank you for your girls. Thank you that you love each one with an everlasting and an unending love. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in each life. Whatever is represented in their hands, God, right now we just offer it to you. You're all wise, all knowing, good, good God. I just pray, God, that you would take it. We give it to you. We offer our hard thing, our difficult thing, our misunderstandings, our lack of hope, our spirit of dread, whatever it is, our anxiety, our depression, anything that is, is not from your spirit. You've come to give us life and life to the full. Anything that has loss or death or destruction on it, God, we give it to you. Here you go, God. Holy Spirit, would you just minister to these women? Give them what they need, God. Right now, God, give them what they need. Not one would be passed by, God. Give them what they need, Holy Spirit. Minister now, I ask. Put your hand on your heart and say, I receive it. One, two, three. I receive it. Thank you, Lord. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.